what's up, everybody? We are here with my, I guess I'll call you a friend. I met twice okay. now, Mr. Jimbo Hart, who, Hi, who is known for his, uh, for being a great human, a great Twitterer, and also lends his talents to Jason Isbell and the 400 unit. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate uh, your confidence. Oh, hey, man. I, uh, <laughs> As as like a super quick thing, I met Jimbo at Luck Reunion in Texas. Um, I was playing with Abby Hamilton, and we had the, I don't know, just the general honor of being there. It was kind of the first like big thing that we had, uh, big's being relative, but like such a, such. we're from Kentucky, we went all the way to Texas, the plants look different. Oh, yeah. Whatever, like everything <laughs> it's another different. world. Yeah, you get across the Mississippi and things change. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so It's a different world over there. We get over there and it's like, I don't know, you're on Willie Nelson's farm yeah. and everything's surreal and everyone's nice because they don't like oversell the tickets. I mean, how could you not be nice? You're at Willie Nelson's I know, right? exactly. ranch. You know? In the air. It's a beautiful place. It, it really was. Uh, it's really kind of like, and it puts you in this sort of like relaxed state of mind. Cause exactly. They really set it up nicely, and you know everybody knew everybody. Yep, and, that's cool. And you, you guys know. were an unannounced headliner. Yeah, so that, that was, was kind of weird. Coolest part. <laughs> that was kind of strange. I mean, I felt kind of, I, I definitely felt honored. Yeah. You know, um, but it was really hard to not tell my friends about it. Yeah. And then when we showed up, people were looking at us like, wait, you guys are here? Yeah. What? (laughs) (laughs) What? It was kind of funny. Yeah. I mean, that's how I was literally like, they had this little like barbecue artist line and I turn around. I'm like, oh, oh, I don't know if I say anything or not. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) I have to say something. Yeah. But I'm glad you said something. I'm I'm glad I did too. You're such, such a cool dude to just sit there and chat with me and, um, yeah, and then I went and I watched side stage uh, y'all's performance, which was cool to kind of see it from that angle. <laughs> yeah, it's different. It is different. The stage sounds different on the side of the stage than it does in the front of it. Yeah, which sure. was cool because I've seen you guys. You can hear three. Chad really well from the side of the stage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the um, uh, the uh, the Leslie yeah. was the coolest because I'm like feeling it in my yeah. chest. I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. Bass frequencies in the Leslie, bass frequencies for the cabinet. I feel like and when, when uh, you know, we hit a milestone with our band uh-huh. when we got the capability to bring a Leslie with us. Totally. You know, totally. Because it changes everything. Yeah. You know, organ sound yeah. is cool. Yeah. But a B3 with a Leslie is a physical force. Yep. You know, and I mean, even if you're, like in our case, we use in-ear monitors, but still, you know, it's it's so much more to it yeah. than organic. There's there's mechanical Absolutely. sounds and wheels turning. It hisses and, and it's like, <sighs> Yeah, and like some days it, it doesn't work. Yeah, yeah it's unhappy. People get upset and yeah. they have to call somebody and they yeah. can't fix it. And yeah, the moon's the wrong awesome spot. awesome again. It's cantankerous. Mm-hmm. It kind of has its own... Sort of soul, yeah, you know, and and, and it does things sometimes that that are t- that dairy can't figure out and the techs can't figure out. They're like, I just it's fine yesterday, you know. Yeah, but the, <laughs> so sensitive to like power, yeah, and like really everything. That that sort of a, I feel like that changed the game in terms of what our live sound was capable of as a mm. band. Yeah, definitely took a turn. <laughs> it's yeah, it's cool too because you know you've got the bass and the kick and all the, the foundational stuff, and then. You get the extra stuff, and like I'm not downplaying like adding additional guitar players or aux players or anything mm-hmm. like that. But the Leslie is just, yeah, ugh, it's it's a uh, it's like that wall of guitar amps, you know. Exactly, it's, you know, it's it's got to be it's part of the house. You yeah, know? And once yeah. you get the house built, it's like oh, this is how it's supposed to. Yeah, be. yeah, you this know? is how a rock band's supposed to. Be yeah, or, it's supposed know? to feel like this uh-huh. all the time. <laughs> and then you get spoiled and yep, yep, and all that. <laughs> Uh, that's kind of a good pivot. It, I've been kind of saying this to some guests we had, and we're we're still like a pretty new content situation. Mm. So we appreciate you being one of our kind of first supporter guys. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> on based. We. Uh, I, I want to like not just go like other people kind of ask the like, hey, what's the first time you ever picked up a bass, or mm. hey, what's the one? And that stuff's like really important too. Sure. But I like to be the nerdy. Closer to Premier Guitar version of bass because it's like you yeah. get to that. You have a great Premier Guitar uh, rig rundown. I think it was like three years ago. It, it's been a little while. Yeah, yeah. Can you? A few things have changed, but it's basically the same thing. Okay, still. what what has changed? 
Well, um, I uh, I changed out my um, drive pedal because okay. it started giving me some issues, okay. and I just wanted to try something different. And sure, it's basically a a, a clone clone. Yeah, um, the the one that I was using, and um, my tech Dave Brown, who is an awesome awesome individual, told me about this. Um, this is y'all gonna think this is silly as hell, <laughs> but he told me about this clone this this clone that he found on Etsy. Nice. That's apparently made in China, mm-hmm. and yeah. it's like thirty dollars. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And you can pay an extra $9 to get the gold paint upgrade. <laughs> yes. So I paid the extra $9 for the gold paint upgrade. Sure. And it looks like a tiny little Klon Centaur. Uh-huh. But it's like way smaller than the Klon. And, uh-huh. and so I put it on my board and... It's it's worked really well mm-hmm. up until about a couple of weeks ago. It started get it's starting to get uh, kind of noisy, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. like bad noisy. Yeah, I'm gonna I mean, have to replace it soon mm-hmm. with another one for thirty dollars. I mean, why not? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why not? Like I, I know get a I'm backup. gonna get three or four good months out of it. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. then it's gonna start eating itself. I mean, mm-hmm. Dollar to time ratio, you're getting value. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I think you know by the time. You know, I decide to do a, a different scenario on the board. Sure, I'll have already bought a clone. Oh yeah, in, yeah, in clones. Yeah, yeah. I uh, my gear fetish has never been to a clone yet. Yeah. So it's it's interesting. It doesn't necessarily lend itself to bass, right? Does it some some low end loss? There's or? a bit of low end loss, and there's a lot of upper mid range like. Mm-hmm. Ah! <laughs> yeah. yeah, that gets perfect for me. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what you want. But sometimes, like if if it re- it works out really well, like when we when we do twenty four frames, for instance, mm-hmm. for the first half of the song, Chad is just pounding away on the floor tom, mm-hmm. which gets all up in bass world. Yep, it yep. Does. So if you just eliminate that possibility. Yeah. It doesn't get all up in bass world. Yeah. So if you take all of the woof out of the bass, mm-hmm. give it a little bit more knock and a little yeah. bit more sure. eek, eek, eek kind of area, then you can it gets to be a little more heard. Yeah. And then at the point of the song where he lays off the floor tom and just goes to rocking, I turn the thing off and and you're back. Big beautiful bass tone. Right. You know, or That's at least cool. in my mind, is I don't know anybody else. Being thinks, humble. Do you? That's what I aim for. Really. <laughs> yeah. You know. Do you? Do you try to figure some of that stuff out in your rehearsals if you no. still do that, or do you talk to front of house at all? We don't all? really rehearse that much. Cool. Because like, I mean, you're ever. you're such a you're literally a unit. Yeah. Oh, this yeah. guy's good. We are we are cohesed. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. We've been living together for a long time. So you have the freedom. I mean, obviously, you are so you know the temperament of the band and how everyone feels and how this should whatever. But you still, I like that you still kind of bring some new tricks or some new dries or some new flavors. You and know. You know, I, I do think we all have a responsibility to push the craft forward. Right. You know, I think, um, and that's hard to do with the bass because, you know, you got four strings, two hands. Yep. You know, um, don't get me wrong, you can do a lot with those. Oh, yeah. You can do 90% of it is that. Yeah. You know, if not 95 or 97% of it is that. Mm-hmm. You know, but, um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm lucky Jason's open-minded enough to let me try some things. Heck yeah. And he trusts me enough to let me try some things, mm-hmm. and he'll let me know if it sucks. Sure. In the best, awesomest way yeah, possible. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it, and it, in a way that, well, that usually I don't get in my head about. It just makes me consider, okay, well, let's do something better. Yeah, yeah. You know. Sure. It, it might not be that that was a bad idea. It's just that, you know, there's something better. There's always something better if you're in the studio anyway, and it's knowing when Mm -hmm. to stop chasing that. Mm -hmm. And thankfully, Jason's also really great at knowing when to make me stop chasing it. Yeah. You know? That's cool. And working with Dave Cobb was like that, too. He was very free, and he would would give me a lot of freedom, but if I needed to be reined in, he'd rein me in Mm -hmm. in a good way, you Mm -hmm. know? And I like that. Yeah, I like being reined in a bit sometimes. Sure. You yeah, know, because the 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 creative part of it, you just immediately throw everything at it. Right. Sure. 
you know, if you throw 100 darts at the wall, 20 of them are going to hit the target at least, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, but as you, as you do it more, you, you hone it down to, okay, I'm throwing five arrows at the thing. Yep. And four of them are going to hit 20. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. this weird one over here is going to hit something else, you know. <laughs> and, and you just, you know, after some time, you learn which arrows to throw at the wall. Totally. Yeah. You know, which ones are going to not, are just going to go through the wall or not even yeah. come out of your hand or just, yeah. you know, as darts do sometimes. Yeah. I started really getting into you guys in that, um, like, southeastern a- area because that was around the time where I started, got, started getting bit by the recording bug. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of things that started really, um, you know, I got really obsessed over is like, uh, textures and songs that record to tape versus don't record to tape or, you know, mm-hmm. so obviously I immediately get into like a Dave Cobb or a whatever. Mm-hmm. And so from that, I was like, I went back and listened to, you know, as much as I could. And I'm like, this is some of the best like tones, mixing, whatever that I've ever heard. Yeah. It's a great record. It's astounding. Yeah. Um, I didn't play on that record. You didn't play on what? I didn't play a single note on that record. Oh, I'm sorry. It's a great record. It's a great record. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I played on everything else pretty much, but I didn't play on that record. And what else with Dave Cobb did you work on? Uh, something More Than Free and yeah. Nashville Sound and Reunion. Yeah. I miss, I've, I've meant Something More Than Free. And then uh, I did some stuff with um, Amanda, with Dave uh-huh. on the side. And um, that was a lot of fun. I think I saw maybe some live videos or something from from her stuff. I kept seeing you guys kind of backing her solo album ish. Yeah. Well, Is it solo? Um, it seems yeah. like still the family affair. Yeah, we played on a bunch of her records too. Yeah, um, this last one that she did, "Take It Like a Man," was a lot of fun. Yeah, working with Lawrence Rothman was was really awesome. Yeah, um, completely different producer than anybody I've ever worked with. Okay. In a in a in a really really uh, fun sort of creative and cool kind of way, you know they'll they'll come out into the room while you're in the track. Like if it's uh-huh. a good take, if it's cooking, they'll come out of the control room and dance in the middle of the studio. Nice. While you're cutting. <laughs> yeah. And folks don't do that anymore. Yeah. You know, folks are worried about like, oh, my shoes are going to make noise on the floor. Yeah, totally. He's jingling. Right. Yeah. 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 Or or the vibe has to be encapsulated and not right. touched. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But no, no. Lawrence will come out on the floor and dance with you. And like. That's awesome. It's cool. And that's when you know you're on it. Like. Yeah. When they come out of the control room and start dancing, you're on it. But uh-huh. if, if they ain't coming out of the control room and dancing or if they're not dancing in the control room. You're right. not on it. Uh-huh. And it means you're probably playing too much. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, um, true. Lawrence is the, the sort of producer that, that, you know, minimalism works really, really well for. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there is a big difference, I think, between minimalism and less is more. Sure. And playing simply. Sure. Like, those are three completely different things to me. Uh-huh. You know, um, I don't subscribe to less is more. Okay. Because I'm a James Jamerson fan. Yeah. And I'm a Paul McCartney fan. Yeah. And I'm a David yeah. Hood fan. I'm Those a, guys are, they're moving. I'm a Stanley Clark fan. Yeah. I'm an Abe Laboreal fan. Yeah. You know, I'm a Bikiti Kamala fan. I'm, you know, I'm a Tommy Cogbill fan. Uh-huh. I'm a Duck Dunn fan. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so many cats that made the blueprint mm-hmm. and they didn't play big notes all right. the time, you know. They didn't mm-hmm. pare it down and simplify. And mm-hmm. They didn't do that. You know, mm-hmm. they played a bunch of crazy shit. Yeah. You know, yeah. that makes you go, what did he just do? Yeah. If you're a bass player, you know. And you yeah. Know, mm-hmm. And then you want to try to do that. Right. Make Absolutely. the next guy go, what the fuck did he just do? Uh-huh. You know. That's, yeah. And so, um, but when but when someone really knows how to be minimalist about things mm-hmm. and to apply it to where structurally things are playing, it can really be very effective, mm-hmm. you know, and can really allow for tonal things like you're talking about, mm-hmm. like to really manifest yeah. instead of, you know, just plug in the P bass and give me whole notes. Right, you right. Know, it might not be a P bass. It may be the ukulele bass. Uh-huh. And then 
there might be some processing after that that right. makes the ukulele mm. bass sound even bigger yeah. than it does already when you plug it into some yeah. tubes. And, uh, yeah. That's cool. Nice. With your with your recording experience, what do you usually... I know sometimes you... I think now you have two Nobles. Is that correct? You I have, do. You have one that you Green leave and you have one that yeah. you bring with you. I feel like... I, f- I feel sort of stupid for having two of them. <laughs> no, but, it's awesome. But the, the, the old one is number 19. Yeah. And it's first generation. Uh, yeah. It has a deep switch on it. Uh-huh. It's the mojo, man. It's got the tubes coming out of the top, yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. And... Nice. Um, when I when we built my amp rack for the road gig for uh-huh. for, for our show, um, part of it was to put in a shelf mm-hmm. where I could let the novel live, <laughs> so that I didn't have to worry about those tubes getting yeah. bumped or yeah. anything. Yeah. Uh, I, I love the design, Jack, but that one that was hairy for a minute. <laughs> right, but, um, yes. <laughs> uh, but it sounds so good. Yeah, it mm-hmm. sounds so good, and and. I hesitate to say that the old one sounds better than the new one or the new one sounds better than the old one. Sure. They're they're identical in terms of functionality and what right. they do. Um, there's some design things that are different about the two. Yep. That um, took me a second to kind of get hold of. Uh-huh. Because you, uh, you've always been a, a deep switch or an Ampeg, uh, what is it, the ultra low, low. ultra low switch. You've yeah, always I've been, been that guy. I've been... Rocking with the deep switch off lately. Okay. And I think that's because... Um, this is breaking news. Yeah. <laughs> well, I love it in the studio. Uh-huh. In the studio, it's sure. always... It's, right. It's a no-brainer. Totally. Um, but for, I think for the live show, we play in so many different size venues. Mm-hmm. Some of them are really big. That low-mid thing, you kind of need... You can't pump you 20 that. into a big old room. You just yeah. can't do it. I yeah. mean, you want to, yeah. but you, it's just not the physics of the place can't handle it. Yep. You'll do damage to the building. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then you, you're not really, uh, and then you're going in the negative, uh-huh. so yep. to speak. Yeah. In a lot of ways. But I, I actually had my noble modded. Yeah. I sent it, I sent it to Jack because I wanted kind of the, ob- I, want, I, I would never use the high pass filter. But I liked it in theory, and I'd actually sometimes use a second high pass filter to filter out, you know, thirty and below ish. Mm-hmm. Like everything, I kind of wouldn't hear out of a cab. Right. I would sometimes filter out for almost an effect. Yeah. Without having to introduce distortion, so I just randomly emailed him, and I was like, "Hey, this high pass filter. I don't like that it goes up that high. I know that like other people, it goes up really high, then they boost the bass a lot. Sure. And it does something really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but I ended up, I never really used that sound, so I had to move it. I asked for sixty, and I think he got it as low as he felt like it was doing something. So it's. It's more like 70, 80, oh. and then I boost the bass a little okay, bit. Okay, yeah. And it gets Get your like, e a, string back gets a, like a low, it's just like a low mid, like, thing. <laughs> that cool. It's Very awesome. Cool. I go back and forth a lot. Um, yeah. If I walk into, so, so right now, uh, when I'm playing with Abby, the swing of, types of stages we we play is pretty crazy we'll mm-hmm. do like a real diy dive bar sure and then do luck reunion right and then do whatever and so if i'm on stage and i can tell this there's just no control in the low end right like i'm doing damage to the kick drum right yeah and there's no thumping in the room and just like can't just hear comfortable, the, the vocal right and chest the, totally i'll just sound i'll just flip that on oh, and the whole room goes like just just a little tighter. Yeah. And it's cool. And yeah. I can also hear myself a little bit more because I'm getting a little bit low mid. Yeah. It's it's insane how the physics of it all yep. comes into play whenever you amplify things. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's uh, in theory, you know, you want to be able to hear all those rich low frequencies. Mm-hmm. But if you're staying in front of an amplifier, it's only going to produce what it can. Right. And some of those frequencies are so low that you're going to have to be standing several feet away before you can ever actually hear yeah, yeah. those things. And so yeah. you, you lose sight. Sometimes it's easy to lose sight of that happening. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to be really bad about just, like, for instance, I had this SWR head mm-hmm. for years that was it was great, but I kept popping the filter caps in it because I would always run the EQ wide open. Like everything up? 
wide all open. of the sliders to the top. Oh, you're the like old, juicing it. Like the old levenizer. The yeah. base all the way up, <laughs> uh-huh. the treble all the way up, the transparency knob all the way up. And then I would turn the master volume all the way up. Oh, my gosh. And then I would just barely gain it uh-huh. in. Uh-huh. <laughs> You yeah. know, I would just gain it in to where the light might flicker every now and then if yeah. I like, yeah. really hit it hard. <laughs> and then it would sound like I wanted it to sound, you uh-huh. know, like I thought bass should sound. And right. I'm here. sorry I'm off the microphone here, but... That's okay. Uh, I'll mix it. You know, and then uh, <laughs> I, I figured out later that, no, nah, dude, all you're doing is making the whole place get sick <laughs> and you're getting loud yeah. you're yeah. pumping all these frequencies and you're hurting your amp like you're yeah. stressing it out mm-hmm. and um so then it was a whole process of training myself to not be not having to be enveloped in richness right yeah. you know what i mean yeah like, as a bass player i feel like it just feels cozy and warm to be sort of enveloped in the gooeyness yep. of the yep. bass Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, it's a real comfortable place to be. Right. Unfortunately, it's not always sonically great for everybody yeah. in the audience. Yeah. Right. You know? So you kind of be- have to get over that at some point and just get skinny again and get yeah. used to it, you know? Yeah. It might be incredible when you're at home. Right? Yeah. So, and in then the you, garage. You're right. It's right. like you were saying earlier, yeah. you, you put it with a Leslie, you put it with a floor tom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The warbliest of bass frequencies. I mean, it's, yeah. like, it's just like... Takes off. I mean, off. It's, yeah. such, such, it's such a chaotic soup. Yeah. And you're like, oh, okay, well, you know, this might be perfect for me. But then you put it in this boomy room, you're like, I gotta, I gotta shave some off the top. Yeah, the it becomes to where yeah. it becomes so much so that you can't even hear yourself. Yeah, you can't be heard. Chaotic soup's my new band name. Chaotic soup. Chaotic soup. <laughs> it's kind of like an homage to Blind Melon Soup. Oh yeah, that's one of my favorite records of that era. Shannon Hoon, rest in peace. What do you like about it? I'm not super familiar. Oh, it's just great. It's just great. I mean, you got Shannon Hoon who sings above the stratosphere most Uh of the time. Uh And the bass tones are really like grindy jazz bass. Uh And the the riffs are great. Like Uh that song Galaxy, the... (laughs) 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 I have to listen to this. This sounds amazing. It's a really great record. I know some Blind Melon, but I'm not sure what album it falls off of. What what era is this? Is this like Soup was their second album. Okay. The first album was the one that had the Beehive Girl or the Bee Girl video. Uh Um, Uh-huh. you know their hit, right? What's that song? No, no rain. Yeah, no rain. Yeah, yeah. That's, I don't know. There it is. I play for My two short-term seconds. memory jumping, right. yeah. jumping the house with <laughs> me there. Yeah. I play two seconds. You'd be like that song. Yeah. It's oh, okay. Yeah. 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 No, you would know it immediately. You're good. I'll yeah. show it to you later. So their first album was pr- pretty great, you know. Uh, and, and but yeah. but soup, man. I don't know. They just took it next level. Mm. There's a track called Hypnotize and Harmful Belly that are both phenomenal and yeah. odd um, sonic compositions. Like they're like the harmony may not be. Which, and I feel like is on par for the grunge scene that was simultaneously happening. Yeah. Which I wouldn't lump them into, but there's tons of aspects of this. Sure. Not quite atonal, but these interesting melodies and chord progressions and The one thing that was different to me about Blind Melon and that, the grunge scene is the records didn't have quite as much chorus yeah. over, over the mix. Yeah. As opposed to like some of the like Nirvana stuff and sure. you know, Soundgarden yeah. okay. stuff. Maybe it was a little more wobbly from side to side in general. Mm-hmm. But Blind Melon stuff is just... It is. just raw. There's not all of that modulation going on. It totally and, is. I and Shannon Hoon's doubling skills were so haunting. Like, he sounded like a ghost already. Mm-hmm. You know, and I mean, it's such a shame that he left us, mm-hmm. you know, when he did. But mm-hmm. um, because I feel like that band had so much more good music in them to go, you know. And, I agree. Um but yeah, I, I love that record, man. Especially Galaxy. Galaxy, yeah, I have to check it out. We'll educate ourselves on the yeah. way here. I Galaxy, know I got like dude, five hours before the show, song. so I'll have a lot of listening to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Research. Maybe here, here's a good pivot because we've kind of mentioned um, that you're using an in ear in ear mix, mm-hmm. but you've also got a wonderful amplifier on stage. Oh yeah. How <laughs> the do you? Combo. Yeah. How yeah. are you mixing these? How do you? Are you mic? Is a cab mic'd? Yes, it is mic'd. Yes. Okay, so you're. Are you monitoring all mic signal, or you blend it with the Noble, or? Uh, well, there is. There's actually 
three lines. Oh, uh, yeah. Like yeah. Three lines, which is crazy. Crouching um, Tiger, hidden line. Yeah, our, our front of house guy, because we record every show now. Oh, um, cool. I don't know if I'm supposed to tell everybody that or not. but Strike. Um, I think everybody records now because Might as well. consoles are digital, thing. you know. Everything Avid owns the world, you know, like might as well yeah, record it every night. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at some point, um, our front of house guy asked me, Kane Hogsett, who rocks, asked me to um, supply him a um, clean DI mm-hmm. pre-everything. Mm-hmm. So um, sure. Dave... Um, took my pedal board and we put a Rupert Neve DI. There it is. Uh-huh. Under the those. under the board. Yeah. Just after my volume pedal. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that So you're still swelling it. Nobody has to write my sweeps for me right. in post. Yeah. Um and um after so the chain I go into the Michael Bethencourt made a junction box for right. me a long yeah. time ago. Yeah. So I go into the junction box and then to the volume pedal and then to the Rupert Neve. Mm-hmm. And then that goes out to the house. And then it goes back into my board through all of my stuff. All of my stuff that I've, I'm still surprised that I need sometimes. <laughs> yeah. But um, I, them, I use right? them. You know. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so, uh, yeah, and then after that it goes to the Noble. And so the Noble is sort of the wet DI. Uh-huh, Right. And um, so there's clean DI, wet DI, mm-hmm. and then uh, the amp. Sick. And, then, and I prefer a 57. Really? On the cab. Yeah. Again, because it skinnies up a little better. Exactly. Same. Um, little, just a little bit of. And well, a cab does too. Yeah. yeah the cab's going to skinny yeah. it up a little yeah. bit. The, and we tried um, the Beta 52. Mm-hmm. I, f- I feel like we might have tried a D12 at one point. Um, I love my D12, but I've never used it on bass. Yeah, but I like an RE20 on bass. Yeah, I do yeah. too in the studio. Yeah, in the studio, exactly. But the 57 wound up winning, yeah. and so cool. I just rock a 57, and I feel like it's it's probably the most, you know, people love to hate on a 57. Oh, I love them. But they just They're can't. Cool. <laughs> but you can't. Yeah, they like, can't. It's you the can't hate a 57, too. dude. Yeah. Because 57, you, you put it on any damn thing, and it sounds good. Yeah. If you only have one yeah. S in 57 yeah. and a laptop, you can make a whole damn record. Yep. A you real can. good one, yep. too. Yep. You can. You know, you can mic an acoustic with yep. it, acoustic guitar. Absolutely. You can mic an upright bass with the damn thing. Yeah, yeah. You can mic a snare drum, you mic a kick drum, and it ain't going to sound great in the kick right. drum. Or if you only have the one, put it right in the middle of the kit. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Right, right next to the tom, like the, yeah. right on right beside the ride symbol and yeah. sort of the Volscht, they call mm-hmm. it position. Yeah. Dude, there's your drum kit. Yeah. Sounds great. You only know overhead. <laughs> you stick a 57 on it. I'm with you, man. I love it. It's good enough for Tom Petty to sing through. It's good enough for uh, it should yeah. be yeah. good enough for everything. That's right. yeah. I was gonna say, you dude, know? the list of people that have recorded like the full record yeah. vocals on a 58 oh, yeah. is crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. It's it's like and sad. you're things. like, I can't believe that. Those yeah, two. these things. Yeah, the sure I mean, it's the same seven B, same design, same yeah. capsule. I think. Yeah, it's just like move, back. but it's like it's just, just a little bit of great. this and a little bit of that. Yeah. And then, okay, on well, this mm-hmm. other one, we'll put a ball on it. And, right. Exactly. But yeah. that changes the yeah. the way the capsule responds to the environment. Yeah. Anytime you restrict it, it changes it. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. It's just great workhorse mics. When I when I made my studio, that was like. You know, people always talk about the classic mics and the classic whatever. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, my goal was generally to acquire the classic things that were reasonably priced sure. so that then I can decide what new stuff actually is better yeah. or what, you know, and kind of kind of go from there. So I've got a D12 on kick, which is great, and yeah. like an RE20 and, and the 421s, the, yeah. the older ones. and yeah. uh, The gray ones? No, not the gray. It was... The gray ones came out simultaneously. Those are so vibey, man. But they're cool. And there's like a white one, too, that turns really nicotine mm-hmm. yellow. Mm-hmm. That is super cool. <laughs> nicotine yellow. Because everybody like, smoked in, in the studio though. back then. <laughs> exactly. And yeah. I mean, I remember days, of, even at Fame, you know, when I first started working there around the turn of the century, um, which is odd to say. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> after they sort of accepted me in a way as somebody that was could work there uh-huh. sometimes. 
um, I actually brought this ashtray uh-huh. from my house because back in those times, people gifted people ashtrays. Right, yeah. You know? Yeah. And uh, especially recording studio because everybody smoked. Yep. Mm-hmm. Everybody smoked in the studio. Yep. You yep. was smoking in the control room and yep. shit, you know? But, like, um, I brought them this ashtray that I found at the antique store probably uh-huh. from the 50s that was like this— it looked like a log, uh-huh. like a cutout of a log. Okay. But the internal part was like this really pretty, like green and black sort of milky glass okay, kind yeah. of situation. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And I think it's still there. It's nice. out. On the, it's out. Of, last time I saw it, it was out on the front porch area where you can hey, hang out and have a smoke. You're still in now. the building. Yeah. Or around it. But I remember, man, it. we used to smoke like freight trains in there. All of us did. Yeah. All of us that smoked anyway. It's kind of funny too, because like there's a <laughs> there's a vital part missing when you get like some pre relic bases or whatever. And you're oh, like, yeah. a big part of that is this around smoke all the time. They don't smell right. That Olympic white <laughs> is not going to turn as yellow as a sixties no, P base. It no. might get close, but it's there's not, no way it's you not going to be the same. <laughs> I have one. I have a sixty three P base that, um, unfortunately, before I got possession of it it had been painted a really bright white oh okay a really really bright yeah. white like blind you in the snow uh-huh and uh and so i took it to john scott at blues man vintage uh-huh and and he redid it in only white and put the original pit guard back on there, which is a feat Wonderful. unto itself because it was go, wavy all, gravy, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, it was like it was a quarter size smaller than it originally was. Mm. You know, like he had so, to. He's like, I, I'm not going to tell you how I did that, but <laughs> man, I hope you like it. Yeah, and I do. I love it. He did a wonderful job. Yeah, he and his whole shop did a wonderful job. But, um, but yeah, now it's more Oli White, but still. It's missing that creaminess that you <laughs> right. get when yeah. it's just around smoke a lot. You just got to leave like the base, you know, at your grandma's who yeah. still just leave it there for a couple years. Yeah, to get that back. Maybe take the pickups out. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. Or maybe not. Just let them sit That's there. The, let, yeah. them, let them all age together. Yeah. It's marinate. All, yeah, yeah, marinate. That's sauce. Yeah, that's awesome. At that's some point, sauce. you're gonna have to deox it anyway. Yeah, you know? like, that's true. Best thing to do is just yeah. let it all get dirty. That's right. Yeah, so let's let's maybe pivot to to like bases. You're right. you're a big Sadowski guy these days. I am. You also have acquired some other stuff I've seen, like a Mike Lowell. I think I have a wonderful Mike Lowell. Uh-huh. So it used to it seemed like maybe you're more on the vintage Fender train, and I'm sure that you're mm-hmm. still always like, how could you not be? Yeah, but now you're you're bringing round wounds and active bases. Yeah, I'm changing it up. You're changing it up. What what has led to this change? I think our catalog uh-huh. is a big part of it. It's fair. Um, and I must say that um, in relation to that, I think meeting Jason Newstead mm-hmm. and him giving me a Sadowski bass <laughs> out of the kindness of his heart, <laughs> his huge, generous, awesome heart, he gave me this beautiful bass. Uh-huh. And... Um, it allowed. First off, I've never really had good luck with flat wounds on a jazz bass. Okay. For for me personally, it, they just never. They don't give you enough of the jazz bass thing, mm-hmm. and they take away mm-hmm. too much of the P bass thing. Right. That mm-hmm. you can get out of the front pickup. Yep. Just something about it that never set well with me. Mm-hmm. So I do what I do with every J-style bass is I put round wounds on it. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And then we went to the studio to make um, reunions, I think it was. Yeah, I guess that was the first bass, the first record that that bass was on with us. Mm-hmm. And um, when we were doing Be Afraid... Jason played us Be Afraid, and I was like, oh, that's that bass. Uh-huh. Pick. Uh-huh. And it's it's got a drop key on it. Uh-huh. Okay, cool. So it's like, yeah, it's that bass with a pick with a drop. Mm. And so it became that. And um, Do you drop to D? Yeah. Do you dr- okay. Yeah. yeah. I just dropped to D. Cool. Some some cats go way lower than that or, or yeah. start at D and drop yeah. to C and all this kind of stuff. I, I keep it pretty standard. Right. 
for the most part. It I I'm not the kind of guy that's great at adapting to like alternate tunings mm-hmm. or dropping stuff. I play a five string, but I mostly play a five. I play an an old Yamaha. It's like an it's nice Nathan East. My a understanding. It's not a he helped design oh. one of the first five Ooh, strings. Yeah, yeah, he did. And so it's like. I think it's 83. It's an 83 Japanese Yamaha. Nice. It's awesome. That's it's so awesome. cool. Is it a BB? It is a BB. Yeah. And, and it's, um, <laughs> they didn't, I, my, the anecdote is that like they didn't know how it was going to sell. So they took their biggest four string neck and they slapped five on it. Mm-hmm. Um, which usually is not a, a big issue to me. I kind of like the tighter string spacing. But the nice part is that they actually like fully adapted their pickups to that. Oh. So it's a P. And then it's a J blade, and okay. it's all passive, all right. which is like I've been looking for, you know, a five string to kind of be like this is my sound. Sure. Right? It's a little off the beaten yeah. path. It's whatever. Yeah, um, that never ends. I know. I know. It turns out. I know. It turns out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it starts at thirteen, <laughs> right? Yeah. So I think you take it to the grave with you. I know. I think it think goes all, all the way, way to the end. I just need to show this part to my wife. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> See, he's never mind that yeah. new guitar. Right. Yeah. It's a step forward in life. Exactly. It's a new it's an me. Investment in the future. And this me likes to, you know, do dishes. This man and wash needs a new bass guitar. And, and like cut the grass more and yes. be a better man. So that yeah. it will help so him be a this. more productive man. Right. <laughs> yes. I understand. Yeah. I relate. So I got it though, and it's like a lot of these weird, like bizarro Japanese era five strings. Mm-hmm. They'll just like throw the same pickups in it, sure, and just make the housing bigger or do whatever. Yeah. But this, it's a wonderful bass. Um, they actually engineered it properly. They made it right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the big thing is, like, I mostly just like a five string, not always to hit like super low notes, sure, because the PA probably can't handle it. Right. I play an SVT now. If you have a keyboard like a player key- in your band, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so. I mostly use it as a mechanism to get other places to be like, oh, oh this sure. note's now here. Oh, mm-hmm. this note's now here without having to, and then like. Also, that big old string sounds good when you're does. in the upper register. Man, it's, it you sings. Know, it really does have yeah. a thing. Yeah. Like, I'm the same way with a five. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily enjoy going way, way down there. Right. It's just a tool. Like, but how I do really you use enjoy it? going way on up there with it. Yep. You know, and it feels kind of funny. Because mm-hmm. you're playing a string length that's like that long. Yeah. You know, which feels kind of strange. Yeah. You feel like you're just really tight on the note. Mm-hmm. But if you can get away from the tactileness of it and just enjoy. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing. You and, know, and fives, like, a lot of folks think that, you know, the five is is for getting down there. And it is, but sometimes it's <laughs> right. sometimes definitely it's not. not. Yeah. yeah. I like it too because this is like a... You know, certain rooms that people roll their eyes when they're like, "Oh, you brought a five string or whatever." You, Uh-oh. the way it's weird and designed and so skinny, you kind of have to look at it two or three times to realize it's a five string. Hey, that's and cool. I like that incognito. Yeah, I'm like, oh, you didn't You're know this keeping whole time. with the aesthetic, yeah. exactly. As they say. But now I'm on like a kick, and I keep buying late '70s, early '80s Yamahas from mm. Japan. It's it's. It's a cool, very different sound. Yeah, it is. Um, my well, my best friend in high school, um, fellow named Daniel Ledford, his uh, well, one of my best friends in high school. I better correct that, or they'll all kick my ass. <laughs> uh, but one of my best friends in, in school, Daniel Ledford, his dad uh, Butch Ledford is a bass player from Muscle Shoals, and uh, he played with a fellow when when I was coming up learning the bass. He was playing with a man named Travis Womack. And um, I don't know if you're familiar with Travis. And if any of y'all aren't familiar with Travis Womack, you should check out Travis Womack. Mm, he's a bad man. Together. He's a bad man. And he's responsible for a lot of people moving to Muscle Shoals who later became session mm. musicians mm. and things. like. Yeah. Travis is kind of a pillar of Muscle Shoals that okay. doesn't really get talked about that much. But in fact, my first Fender I got from Travis Womack that he had under his bed for a long time. And my dad had a Les Paul studio guitar that Travis took a shine into, and he offered him a straight-up trade for this, nice. Gibbs, for this Les Paul studio for like a 73 P-Bass. It was natural, <laughs> natural finish. I yeah. think it was an ash body. Uh-huh. It had a white pit guard and a maple board. And I've, it's such a rare yeah. bird now that I think about it. Like I've been trying to find it ever since I've mistakenly let it go but um uh, yeah it was a great bass I mean yeah. I got it from Travis but 
But Butch was playing with Travis, mm-hmm. and he played a Yamaha BB2000. Yep, that's and the other one I bought. I've been trying to yeah. find one, and they're hard to find. <laughs> really <laughs> hard to find. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, you got you to gotta let up dude, on these BB2000s, cool. man. One it was a PJ, up. a four-string. Yep. Yeah, they were all, all neck through, all PJ. Beautiful bass. I, th- I think— Put the, it through a flanger. Really? Put flat wounds on it, put it through a flanger, and it'll sound uh, just like Butch Lefford. It sounds awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. He was funky. The, Butch is so funky. That one sounds to me like a hyped-up 70s jazz bass. Mm-hmm. And then my BB-5000 visually looks almost the same. Mm-hmm. But my understanding is, like, they engineered it closer to be, like, a passive music man. Mm-hmm. And then you switch to the P pickup. Because on the BB-2000, the P is reversed. Yeah. So it's like... It sounds like a P, but it's it does. It's a little, it's a little, it's, uh, it's different. Yeah. Little, uh, so the other one, I, it's like straight up P bass. And then, like, in the middle, it, it's uh, the way it scoops, it sounds more music man y. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is a good card. So you play a PJ bass a lot, you play a jazz bass a lot. Yep, yep. How do you navigate? Sometimes a P and a J scoops too much. Sometimes, like you have to like bump one up or the other to get that volume back. What I do you usually do? Uh, the way my I have my blue Sadowski yep. PJ, mm-hmm. and um, the way that the pickups are set, um, I normally either go all P uh-huh. or straight up in the middle. Uh huh. Yeah. Because it's got a blend yep. knob instead of two volumes, mm-hmm. and I'll just I put like the, that. I'll put the blend right in the middle, mm-hmm. and that's the sound for uh, it gets easier. And that's I think that might be the only time that I put it in the middle. Yeah, the rest of the time is just P bass. Just, just a great P bass. Yeah, cool. But I will say that the um, it sounds different than other P basses. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe it's just because there's that other hole in the in the body. Sure. Or maybe it's just because Roger's a great luthier and none uh-huh. of his instruments are exactly the same. You know, I mean, they're they're built to the same guidelines and details and everything. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, it's it's a it's a small shop, you know, yeah. and so everything that comes out of there is just amazing. Yeah. But each of them have their own personalities. Mm-hmm. You know? And uh, but uh, this this particular PJ um, sounds a little bit different than a just regular P would. Yeah. Um, I want to say it's a little airier sounding, if that makes any. Oh, cool! Yeah, I don't know if, to not be. I don't know how to be specific about it. Yeah. Really, um, it just sounds loftier, I guess. Yeah, not quite. I mean, like, I mean, it's a completely different instrument than my '63 P mm-hmm. bass. That's like Butterville, you know. It's just <laughs> you know, every doesn't matter where this hand is or this hand. It just sounds awesome. Yeah. You know, and it doesn't play itself. Sure. Because the 60s ones, they they made the radiuses and the neck shapes to where, mm-hmm. like, if you're not in the proper position, when you're transitioning to another position, mm-hmm. you're going to miss the note. Mm-hmm. So you have to play it right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why Leo called it the precision, because you have to play it right or you play it wrong. Right. You know, but the Sadowski is a lot more forgiving. Yeah. And... um yeah, Roger, I just talked to him yesterday. I I bought um, the oldest Sadowski I've been able to find. Oh, nice. Which is serial number 760. Okay. And yeah. um, it's I've only seen one other three-digit serial okay. in the world okay. of, of Reverb.com. Of the world of Reverb. And, um, and it's way early, and I don't know. I, I might wind up with that one, too. But yes. um, this one I found, it was in Japan. Uh-huh. And um, speaking of that smoke thing, uh-huh. so Japan uh, apparently kept smoking in bars longer than America did by half a decade Fascinating. Or so. And um, I bought this bass, and it has a pit guard on it. And, um, but it, it has the modern control layouts, you know, the okay. four, four knobs in mm-hmm. a line. And um, usually those bases don't have a pit guard. Okay. But this one has a pit guard. So I'm thinking, is this an original pit guard? Yeah. The listing says it was possibly not original. Uh-huh. So I, I, I get it on my couch, you know, and I'm, I take the pit guard off. And, man, the lack of smoke patina uh-huh. underneath the pit guard. Yeah. 
It's like a brand new finish. Uh-huh. But everywhere else around it, it looks about the same yellow as like my 78 jazz bass. That's cool. Yeah. Which I refer to as Natty J because it's just it's it's so gross. Oh, really? It's so gross. Like I've had the same <laughs> strings on it since I got it. I've never polished it. Uh-huh. Like uh it sounds dead. Like one of the tuners rattles. Nice. You know. Nice. But you plug it into the studio and you plug it into a Neve, man. And yeah. Old man rock and roll comes to life. <laughs> it's just magic. Yeah, yeah. it just yeah. works really well. So I don't I don't ever touch it. I don't clean. I don't do anything. I just. That's awesome. Does that one see the road? It used to. Okay. Um, but it doesn't anymore. And I should also mention that that bass is kind of what led me into the round rounds now that I think oh, about okay. it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because it had rounds on it, and I used it on Cumberland Gap. Sweet. And it was the same situation. It was like Jason played the song. I was like, oh. This one. Jay. Yep. Both, yeah. Both pickups wide open, <laughs> pick, tone wide Time open. to get off the bench. You're in, kid. Everything on 10. <laughs> yeah. Pick, yep. Let's rock. Yeah. yeah. You know? That's and, cool. That's and fortunately, song, yeah. that bass, a lot of Jays that I play – Tend to like if you if you dime both of the pickups, mm -hmm. it loses a little bit of volume. Right? Have yeah. you experienced that? Mm -hmm. uh, and it's and like a phase thing. This one doesn't do that at all. That's awesome. It just stays the same volume with a scoop. Cool. Yeah. And I don't know. Almost like that better. I don't know. Yeah, I got it from uh, Graham Roll, who okay. used to play with the band Camino, and he's nice. uh, he's Duck Dunn's nephew. And, uh, oh, learn something new every day. Yeah, and he <laughs> he uh, he's a real good friend of mine, uh -huh. and he he just hit me up one day. He's like, "Dude, I got this seventy-eight J. He just don't do it for me. You want it?" And I was like, "Yeah, dude, I'll, I'll come check it out." <laughs> yeah, you know. And uh, the second I picked it up, I was like, "Hey, this don't do it for you." <laughs> what yeah. you want? What, what do you want? <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I guess to each their own. Sure, yeah. sure. I find it to be a very fascinating instrument, and right. uh, it sings. It's never had to be set up. It just, mm. it's always been what it is. How um, often are you swapping your strings on your Sadowskis and stuff? Like, do you like it? Keep do you keep it lively on the road, or do you let keep it them go? pretty lively on the road? Yeah. yeah. Um, I think just more for consistency. Right. Really, I don't love fresh round wound strings. Right. But um, I think mine get changed about every four shows. That's a great rhythm. Rounds. I think. Like yeah. they get to where they're just dead enough to where it's starting to get kind of like, okay, we're losing right. the edge here. Right, right. You know. There's um, something fun about that, though. Like I feel like I like yeah. look at my childhood. I'm like, dude, when you put – Strings on, yeah. For the first time in your key, like this is awesome. You have so <laughs> much zing, yeah. so much high end. It's so bright. Yeah. Look how fresh, guitar players, they're, no, they're yeah. not slippery. They're kind of hard to play. Yeah. You know? like, oh yeah, they're slick. They're fast. I'm like, I put it on my strat. I'm like, I'm street. I'm Stevie. I'm Stevie right now. Yeah. I'm Steve Ray Vaughan. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it's just, it's, it's funny because now I'm like. Like, he literally, I bought this bass, and he's like, if you're not going to use those old strings, I want to buy yeah. them and cover yeah. them in Vaseline every day. And I'm like, what a world we're flipping over. Yeah, it's yeah. a different ballgame. It's totally different. The flats, though, the flat yeah. round strings hardly ever get changed. Yep. Uh, they might Paint. get changed at the top of the tour, mm -hmm. which I think is probably even still too often. Too, right. Do you have to break them you in know? to do that before you go out? Or, like, do you do the Vaseline? Do you no. do anything? Cool. No, I just take just them out. Roll with it. I like it. Take them out of the bag and put them on the base. Yeah. He's into this like uh, voodoo black magic where you, <laughs> you, well, you got to concoct a formula oh, and yeah. pour it yeah. on the base. Well, everybody's got their thing. <laughs> right. So well, another one Sean of my Hurley favorite thing. bass players is Stephen Stills. Okay. And, you know, he played all that wacky shit on like Wooden Ships and all those Crosby, Stills, and Nash records. And I saw a post the other day where he was sitting there on a stage. It's like an old photo of him, and he's sitting on a stage with a – Jazz bass, I think, and it's upside down. I think he was, it was a left-handed one, and he flipped it over. But there was a caption on the bottom where he said that he would take, if he ever got new strings for a bass, his preparation was to go get barbecue sauce. Barbecue <laughs> sauce. Yeah. He's dipping in the sauce. Yeah. <laughs> it's got the sauce, Dipping in the man. sauce. Yeah, and that's then, hilarious. Like, this is, I'll rub them for a couple of hours. Oh, yeah. my. Barbecue yeah. sauce. Oh, my gosh. 
Sweet like, Baby Ray's. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, I don't even like barbecue sauce. <laughs> Dude, you know that <laughs> smell. I didn't have to right. Dude, I have yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Damn. It's already bad when they're yeah. old strings, but then you're covering old strings. Like that yeah. smells like old pennies. Yeah. And then right. you're covering that in barbecue sauce. It's like yeah. terrible. It's old Jeez. pennies and molasses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I love both is, of them, just not at the same time on my hands. That's that awesome. stick with you. You know that's under your fingernail. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's hilarious. I, I mean, maybe just the drugs were better back then or something. <laughs> right. I don't know. But you could just sit around and be like, this is awesome. Yeah. So <laughs> well, let's get a little pointed with it. So, currently on tour on the road what what do you have with you right now uh, like instrument wise yeah what are you bringing out currently uh well right now i have all my sadowskis well i have most of my sadowskis with me how I many have, total are you bringing um let's see oh gosh he's got a count i have I like blue that. i have the blue pj uh-huh. with the rosewood board yep um, that that has a Sasquatch sticker on it. Love it. That I have aptly nice. named Squatch. 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 <laughs> yeah. Squatch is the name of that bass. And then there's the black one that Newstead yep. gave me, um, which I have not named. I just call it the black bass. Yeah. Well, it's got the story already it's, too. It's because it's black. Yeah. And it's soul. And it's <laughs> black on the outside, and it's just all about the fucking yeah. black man. <laughs> um, and then um, I brought 760 with me this time. That I have affectionately named George, uh-huh. because I put flat wounds on it, uh-huh. and um, it's weird what led me to put flat wounds on it. But I decided at some point maybe I'll try flats with this one, uh-huh. and it works really. And you're well. like, nice. This yeah. is this one. This yeah. one does that. And um, and then I have a fretless. Mm. That's like a P. It's a it's a Willie mm-hmm. model. But it has a P bass pickup mm-hmm. in the neck and a soap bar in the bridge. Cool. cool. Yeah, cool. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, and I used I've used it in the studio a lot with mm-hmm. various Do you run both people. Those pickups together. Yeah, I usually run it in the middle. I don't think I've heard anything like that. I, I usually drop it in the middle, and um, depending on the room, if the room is super boomy, mm-hmm. I'll sneakily turn on the mid boost. Uh-huh. Yeah, because so the Willies have that little... a little bit in my ears. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I try not to tell anybody that, but <laughs> I so use the mid-boost for not solos, but for grooving. <laughs> but for the grooving. So we're at four total now? Yeah, and then I have another Sadowski that is just a P-Bass. Sick. Which is a rare bird. Uh-huh. Okay. But this one was made in Tokyo. Okay. Nice. And um, it is every bit as good as instrument as the ones yeah. from New York. Were those I the mean, ones that have the RSD or, or like Sadowski design? No, no, look? no, no. This okay. one's um, Sadowski T Y O. Oh, okay. Nice. So that's older, I think. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They um, Roger started um, doing the you know more affordable yeah. instruments out of Japan originally. Cool. And um, what a legacy! Being a place that he is a man making. of detail uh-huh. and high quality um, standards. Uh huh. The the cats that were building the Sadowskis in Tokyo in the 90s were, I mean, just, like I said, it's every bit as good an instrument as yeah. one from New York. Yeah. Um, nice. And it has like a, it's an, it's an ash body, black guard, uh-huh. um, maple fretboard, but it has like a, like a 50s almost big neck. Oh, cool. You know. Like huh. almost too big, right? Yeah, you know. Yeah, but it yeah. just it rocks. I put I put rounds on that one. Cool. Yeah, because we uh, when we did Georgia Blue, uh-huh. I went in the studio with the sixty three with the mm-hmm. flats, and my seventy two with the rounds. Mm-hmm. And turns out a P bass with round rounds and a pick is great for Almond Brothers songs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you, know, you can really yeah. grind away on some Almond yeah. Brothers tunes with mm-hmm. some rounds yeah. on a P. And um, that's like the Elizabeth Reed tone is mm-hmm. just a P bass with a pick and rounds. But um, my version of it anyway. But uh, And so I have that one, and it has rounds. And then I have um, my Kala ukulele bass, yep. the U bass with me. Yep. Um, for things like Dreamsicle and um, uh, St. Peter's Autograph and Codeine. Those you know, good. a lot of... Those sorts of numbers sounds like a lot of my favorite songs. There, you made songs. They're all fun to play. <laughs> they're so that's cool, for sure. man. You know? I, I like the variety too. Yeah, that's that's the life goal. It's like 
<laughs> I have a general rule that I try not to bring more guitars than the singer. Or like yeah. if the singer is an instrumental, instrumentalist, mostly because we're traveling in a van right now. I don't think I could ever bring more guitars than Jason. I know, so it's like, you're, yeah. you're great. That's what. Yeah. I think he knows that. Yeah. I think I know that. I think everybody it's, knows it's so that. so you're cool. Yeah. And he keeps getting awesome guitars too, man. He, he just got this 60 Les Paul. Uh -huh. It's like a cherry custom triple bucker situation. <laughs> I think they made six of them or a dozen yeah. of them for Sweden to mm -hmm. sell in Sweden. Or, or yeah, he's a collector. Do you think he's a <laughs> And it sounds so cool. It's got like that Leo Nocentelli kind of pluckety. Okay. You know, kind of thing. Cool. You know, it can really nail that really well. It's, it's a funky guitar. I love it. That's awesome. He keeps coming up with the coolest guitars, man. You've got some cool guitars. Yeah, we're lucky. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're lucky, man. Yeah, it's awesome. Sure. Uh, do you think, so if you were ever doing a weird fly gig or something, do you think you could do it in two bases or do it in one base? Oh, yeah. Or are you too attached to the way it should sound? Yeah. Not too attached. That's the wrong way to put it. But, like, mm -hmm. could you do a gig on one base? Oh, totally. Totally. I mean, there were times when I only owned one base. Sure. Oh, yeah. You know, there was one, there was a period of time where I owned two bases and one of them was for work and the other one was for the pawn shop, huh. you know, because, yeah. I mean, you got to pay your rent sometimes, yeah. Yeah. you know. Got that loner. And uh, that was, you know, fortunately I lived next to, I lived down the street from some very friendly pawn dealers at the time and <laughs> yeah. they were um, empathetic to my situation and... That's awesome. Worked That's cool. with me, yeah, if you will, you yeah, know? Um, for a little while. I mean, I'm not particularly proud of that period in my life, but it happened. Sure. sure. What uh, for your fly gig? Are are you popping off the noble, or are you bringing the board, or like what? Yeah, or do yeah you I'll bring the board. Or? Uh, most of the time, I'll bring the board. Like yeah. we did um, our last European tour. I kind of had to pare it down a little bit. I right. brought two guitars. I brought the blue one and the black one. Yep. And um, brought the new noble. New noble. Because it's not attached to my yeah. American road rig. Um, and it's, uh, you don't, I think it's already dual voltage too. Like, I don't think yeah, you, have you to flip do a little crazy thingy. Does it? Which is like awesome design. Yeah, like, yeah thank it's you. great. It's <laughs> great. Maybe that's why I'll get one. To go to Europe? Yeah, because maybe in the next sure. uh, year, I, we might have a, <laughs> and I'll have it then. That's you like never know, running, bro. You never know. That's our running joke. We we have yet to make it through an episode without mentioning the Noble. Usually oh, it's can't. me because I, I love it so much. You can't not mention it. But Nick Nick was in the market, and he didn't realize how sought after they were. No, no, no. I fully oh, yeah. realized. It just, you just have to look at it and say, do I have the ability to, to wait? wait. <laughs> the, the, this is not a joke. 45 weeks is yeah, the current list. Yeah. Oh, okay. dude, I'm or, waiting on a Sadowski right now. And I put in, I put the deposit in in September when we were in New York last. Yeah, that's awesome. 17. Yep. And I'm fully anticipating to wait until next September, yep. coming September. You have to wait for greatness. There's only one you wait know? list I know I mean, of that's deeper, and it's the King of Tone. Yeah. And that's a three. Right, sure. Yeah. But. You're only putting down. What are they retail? Three hundred bucks. Right. It's sure. so, it's it's something. It, maybe if it's you not can that find low, one. but if, yeah. well, to get on the wait list is what I'm saying. Yeah. But if you find one online now, don't forget about it. I mean, you forget about it. Yeah. But right. yeah, it's that same thing. It's, it's like, like buying a clone. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It it's just like with the noble. Can you can you wait? Or if you pay the expedited shipping, six weeks wait time, and it's like seven hundred bucks extra. Yeah. Right. And I know you like, still. <laughs> he still makes them all himself. He does, yeah. which I think is amazing. Yeah, but totally. I, I would be, I would love him to have him on the podcast one day. I haven't asked oh, him, yeah. but Jack, uh, you got to be on the show. <laughs> Here's the clip. Yeah. Um, hey, talking about you I, every yeah, damn time. You got to come over here and explain everything. <laughs> I feel like he teased it one time and said something about a compressor. Oh man! And so I was I'm talking like, to him about a compressor one time. Yeah, so it was like, hey man. Look, I know, like, you <laughs> still sign your name on it, whatever. Just yep, get your yep. best friend who's just as good as your design mm -hmm. and, and make that compressor. And bonus points, if the compressor had all the, like, 9-volt, uh, like, power jacks and it clicked in, see? 
You heard it? If it was Whoa. like a clicky situation. You're like mating the two. Exactly. Physically. It, exactly. That's or make a version. You know? That's next level, dude. Yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. And it just feeds power on that. Anyway. Yeah. All pedals should be like that. Yeah. It's genius. Yeah. Why are we messing with these patch cables? Capitalism. Why don't we just make... <laughs> they, they don't, want, they don't want you to connect Why all, can't man? they use magnetism? Wow. That's an interesting thought. Why can't you make a magnetic just, plug? Yeah. Where like maybe you have to have a quarter inch plug to go in, uh-huh. but the output, if you intend to stack it on another pedal, just you magnetically just, connect it. It'd be amazing. I don't know if I'm giving away a lot of secrets here, but <laughs> big bass magnets. doesn't want you to say yeah. that. Magnets and big bass, and <laughs> pedal land, big pedal land, Digitech. Magnets, Digitech. <laughs> I know people at Digitech. He's probably going to watch this and go. Oh my God, that's a great idea! How have Wait, it, it is, Dane. It is a good idea. <laughs> Follow it. Just cut him in. Yeah, and then... cut me in about twenty percent. Yeah, exactly. Yep. yep. The sig- the signature Jimbo Hard pedal that's line right. is all. Magnetic. You can't plug them into yeah. anything <laughs> except themselves. You have to buy into the ecosystem, <laughs> my man. <laughs> There's an output pedal. Yes, right. Yeah. Just so you can get yeah. out yeah. of the chain. You're like, help me. <laughs> you got to buy the board because the board supplies the power from yeah, under. The board, like the, the Apple board Watch powers everything. Mm-hmm. The pedals are all connected together. You mm-hmm. can stack them any way right. you yeah. want. Yeah. You know? Or like vertical. But then you have to, Big like, hat. literally bend down and pick it up and move this one over and <laughs> yeah. move, plop that one down. and Oh, man, that could be fun. Look at that. I, I mean, so. there's nothing that could go wrong with that. Nothing. No, nothing. Nothing could possibly go wrong. Absolutely not. No, no loss of contact between the magnets. No. No reverse polarity, meaning they're pushing each other apart. Yeah. You know? There's one thing I know nothing about doing live sound. There's no interference or radio yep. waves. No, no radio yeah. stations. That would, uh, that's, yeah. that's the best thing about wireless in-ear monitoring is there's never anything to no. interrupt the flow. Except for the ocean waves <laughs> when you turn. Right? Yeah, the possible, 5 o'clock news. The possible seagull going over the top of <laughs> yeah. the yep. venue. Or it does like a... Yeah, or just, just, just dies for a second. And just oh, yeah. You're silence like, and then back yeah and it's like back at the same volume yeah so it's mm-hmm. kind of startling yeah in a way you're like did my batteries die or and i'm back and yeah. where are we wow like, you know here again yeah here we are again <laughs> yeah dude man thank you so much for taking the time yes. to talk to us thank you so and much. hang out um, thanks for having me on the show yeah is there anything you're, you're pushing right now you guys yes. are on tour <laughs> oh, i'd love to you guys are on tour you I don't know. You're always releasing. You're a busy man. I so, wind true. up that way sometimes. Is it just like check Instagram and see what's hip these days for what, what you want? Or Well, I mean, there's just so much stuff going on right now. Yeah. Um, I I and a friend of mine, John Davis, from the band The Polly's down in Muscle Shoals, put out an EP not too long ago, and we named the band Water Gun. Oh, cool. And, um, cool. and it's sort of grungy. I don't like it. Uh, you know, it's different. It's all, uh, speaking of, I'm just going to just be very nerdy really quickly here. Let's do it. Um, when I was doing that EP, um, I used the black bass. Cool. And we were talking about mic and cabinets earlier. Uh-huh. I have two um, sort of modern B15 cabs. Uh-huh. And I, I took this yoga mat and I put it on the floor. Uh-huh. And I put one B15 cab at the end and then I took the other one and pointed it at the other one and then put a DI on the speaker output and then plugged it into my Neve preamp. And That's then, awesome. That's and, sweet. And, I, and, and it took three different occasions to get it right. Uh-huh. But um, because there's some phase trickery going on Absolutely. there. Um, but after a while and some calculating, I had to use some actual geometric equations to figure this out, but I got I wound up with two different measurements uh-huh. out of this equation, and I thought, okay, one of those is going to work, like, perfectly. <laughs> the first one did not work right. at all. Yeah. It's never right. good. The second one? Dude. Nice. Dude. Magic. Dude. And the advantage is, is I did it on a yoga mat, uh-huh. so now there's prints on the yoga mat. To yeah, where to put you the can thing. replicate the distances. You just put the cabs on. The, so y'all try that at home sometime. Wow. Take two identical base cabs and point one of them at the other and do a little uh, volume of a cone yeah. formula uh, plugging and playing, and then um, just put a DI on the speaker output. Yeah. Because microphones and speakers are just diaphragms. Yeah. 
Like it, it can go both ways. Yeah. I mean, not saying that I did not hear my neighbor like opening his door sure. in the house behind me. Yeah. Because it's a 15 inch diaphragm at that point. Mm-hmm. But dude. Yeah. Fun. That's cool. That's awesome. Fun times. Do you engineer yourself very often or were you? Well, yeah, yeah, 50 50. Yeah. Do you have a home studio? Oh, yeah. Kind of. Uh, well, that'll be next time. Yeah. There's some stuff. <laughs> I got some stuff. Yeah. 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 I could never man? tell. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks again. Thanks, uh, so thanks for checking this out. Check out Mr. Jimbo Hart on the socials, and we'll link uh, that project, Water Gun. We'll throw a bunch of stuff. Yeah. And like, there's such a catalog. Like, there's so much good mm. stuff. Yeah. I, I play on a lot of stuff for people. Yeah. And um, there's been a lot of stuff. I mean, yeah, I, I don't even know where to start. There's so we'll many and that's a great place to start. There's like, another little there's, rock and roll band it. that I played um, bass for in the studio. They're from Birmingham. They're called the Mummy Cats. Cool. Okay. Um, I love Birmingham. They got some some cool stuff going on. Okay. Cool. Yeah, we'll the Mummy the Cats. List. Boom. Well, yeah. thanks. Hey, rock and roll, y'all. Thanks for having me.